Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Raquel. Hello, Gastonia. Hello, surrounding areas. Welcome to this latest installment of Under Construction. I'm your host, Jamal, the really angry black fan. Top right. Y'all got to put me in a better mood, man. I, look, I know that's a sorry intro, but I'm just reflecting the sorry game I just watched. To my top right, Mr. Kaza Sose. How you feeling today, brother? You know, I woke up feeling good. slept well. Then uh, 105 rolling around. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and to my top left, Mr. Rodney Rob Pops Richardson. Want to share your feelings today? Um, I'm sitting here Googling the address for uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, <laughs> I just kind of want to talk to him about some things. Uh, <laughs> If you, if you guys know what penthouse he stays in, just <laughs> guys. So, in case uh, people are under a rock or you're just wondering exactly what the hell we're talking about, the Panthers just wrapped up a loss to the now five in one Chicago Bears, which is surprising for me to say. In which a game that was ugly to say the least. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, man. Uh, Panthers dropped this in 23-16. to 16. Teddy Bridgewater finished with a 50.6 quarterback rating. But we'll get to him in a second. Guys, let's start with how you're feeling today. What went wrong? Who wants to go first and sharing the thoughts on the game? Because I have plenty to say, so I'm, I want to let you guys go first. Rodney, what you got, brother? In the words of our illustrious former coach, it was a game full of missed opportunities. Uh, turnovers. The opening drive. Tip drill. They score. We get in the red zone. Field goal. Drop passes in the end zone. Chicago gave this game to us on the platter for us to win. And we didn't want to win it. It was just, it's just plain and simple as that. We didn't we did not take advantage of Chicago's miscues today. They're the 27th ranked offense. And we made them look like they were the the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs today. Nick Nick Foles was he was completing every other pass. It, it, it's, it's just frustrating at this point. And and in Mike Davis, man, look, you are like 250 pounds, no spin moves. <laughs> Just run it over, man. <laughs> press up on the right <laughs> on, on the right stick. Just press up, man. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Mr. Kaiser so say I want to share your thoughts, man. What you got today, brother? Um man, there I mean there's a lot to say, but I'll just say that these are the kind of games you gotta win, the sloppy yeah. games. And if you can't win those games, you cannot win in the NFL. And we knew that Chicago would have a good defense, but I felt like our offense uh, would be just enough to where we would minimize mistakes, and that didn't happen. It was just mistake after mistake after mistake. I don't know if it was Teddy. You got to put this game on him, though. Last week we said that was probably his best game as a pro. This week mm, might be your worst game as a pro, bro. And um, I, I just – the Panthers, we need Christian McCaffrey back. The yeah. problem is also the Panthers, we're, they're kind of like the Charlotte Hornets now. They're not going to be bad enough to be to have, you know, a shot at Trevor Lawrence. But we might not be a playoff team. We might just miss out on the wild card spot because we drop games like like this. Okay. So if we want to avoid that, um, we've got to 
clear up those execution things. I, I can't put this week on the coaches. I didn't feel like they really necessarily even called a bad game. I felt like Matt Rule did a good job. I still like to see Phil Snow ditch that stupid rushing three. I got to look up some stats on what our opponent's pass completion percentage is when we rush three because all I ever see is first downs. And we did that more than enough times today, especially in the second half. Nick Foles started to get hot. Ultimately, it just proved that Teddy Bridgewater is not – he's not going to lose your games. He's not going to win your games. We couldn't, we, we couldn't play from behind and have – and say, all right, Teddy, go out and win us a game. This is not going to happen. We, we saw why today. So. All right, guys. Um, I don't even want to talk about the Carolina Panthers yet because I, I, there's, a whole, there's a lot of show left, and I'll have plenty of time to talk about how I feel about the Carolina Panthers. I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are 5-1, and one. and the last time I watched the Chicago Bears was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Chicago Bears, they mucked that game up as well. The game was ugly. Nick Foles look, me, looked mediocre at best. Nothing was pretty. They don't do anything fancy. They don't really do any – you know, there's no, there's no crazy blitz packages to throw at you. You know, there's definitely no trickery on offense. There's none of that. This is a team that's going to line up four they're going to rush four they're going to they, you know the, the back seven is going to match up against whoever's there and they're just going to beat you that way i really wish the carolina panthers could do things like that because let me tell y'all something man if i hear the words bend but don't break one more time i'm going to drink this whole bottle of jack bean straight in in like 10 minutes if i if i hear that <laughs> saying one more time i am sick and tired of the carolina panthers defense bending but not breaking because i i, I just i just the Bears are not a good team, but they do have a really good defense. They are first in red zone defense, and they don't have to do anything fancy. They don't have to – you know, there, there's no intricate game plan behind it, and I like teams like that. And I just wish the Carolina Panthers would be built similarly to that. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on the Bears, but I, I will say this. Sometimes you got to give the other team credit. However, however, bad football teams – will always shoot themselves in the foot. And the Carolina Panthers looked like a bad football team today. Now, to shift the conversation, let's start with Mr. Teddy Bridgewater. 16 for 29, 216 yards, two interceptions, taking four sacks with a 50.3 quarterback rating. Guys, what went wrong today with the passing game? Who wants to take this one first? Uh, Teddy, uh, in the words of the Jets quarterback, we're probably seeing some ghosts back there. Uh, In the first half, he was pressured. That first drive went horribly. And he has to shake that off at some point. They they, they opened it up in the second half. But to me, they they, they actually didn't didn't actually take advantage of their mismatches. Uh, The announcer called it out. Uh, the Bears linebackers aren't necessarily good in in, 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 in pass coverage. Why not dump it off? Um, I can is- tell you why. I can tell you why. Because there's a vast difference dumping it off to Mike Davis and whoever this backup guy was than dumping it off to Christian McCaffrey. Man, look, That's man, probably why. Cannon looked kind of good catching that ball out the backfield. but He didn't have the opportunities to do so, though. That's the thing. Um, if if – if, if CMC was playing today, he would he would have feasted on, on, on this defense. But it's 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 just certain things that, that that we're just not clicking with with this offense fully yet. 
I mean, it's 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 still early, and and, and the lack of preseason games are kind of still hurting us and holding us back, in my opinion. Now, before I get to you, Kaza, real quick, um, I feel like there's going to be some people listening to this, and they're going to say, oh, guys, don't start using injuries as an excuse. No, we're not. This is a no-excuse league. And on top of that, and more importantly, we shot ourselves in the foot more more than I can even express, so that didn't even matter to begin with. So, Kaza, what you got, bro? Um, Teddy Bridgewater is not as accurate as everyone says he is. I'm sorry. I'll die on that hill. I said it before. Oh, but because of the stats say otherwise. He, yeah, he leads the league in, <laughs> in pass percentage. What yeah, do you mean? Um, it, I just – I'm not buying it. it because the completion percentage is one of the most deceiving passing stats in the history of NFL. I brought up ARR, intended ARRs per completion last week. That is now a trackable stat. Teddy Bridgewater is still near the bottom of the league in the amount of air the football travels through before it hits a receiver. That's because he's not that accurate downfield. So when he has to go downfield, what happens? We see what happens. That we'll talk about that the 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 last two passes he threw later. But one of those, DJ Moore, and yeah, I know it hit DJ's hands, but I mean he walks into the end zone. He is yeah. wide open. The Bears, as good as defense they are, left DJ Moore wide open. You could just underhand pitch him the ball and he would catch it. Teddy Bridgewater overthrows him by five yards. That is not Teddy Bridgewater's. It's, it's, it feels like every time we have a big play, like a big passing play, the receiver has to do some kind of amazing thing to catch the ball. Remember last week, Robbie Anderson makes this incredible one-handed catch on a deep throw. DJ Moore has to make a leaping, twisting. If Teddy Bridgewater was that accurate, we wouldn't be seeing that. And so right. what the Bears did, they said, okay, we're not, you can dink and dunk all you want, and then we're just going to hit you at the line of scrimmage, and then we're going to make you go downfield. Go ahead, Ronnie. Look, man, I, I could have said the same thing about Cam Newton, man. I mean, he had some easy throws here. That's true. That, that, that did not look this. Cam Newton was one of the best deep ball passers in the league. That's, that's, that's he, true. He, but. Cam Newton could go downfield, and as we've seen with Cam in New England, the only reason Cam didn't have a higher completion percentage is because the Panthers really didn't – we didn't do the dink and dunk thing. And as we saw when North Turner came, Cam throws 68%, which is what he's throwing uh, this year. It's it, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't – I don't know if he doesn't have a lot of arm strength. Uh, it just feels like on those deep balls, the touch that he has on the short passes isn't there. I just feel like he needs to be more accurate – on those throws. Now the first interception really wasn't his fault because we got, we got a bad bounce, but he stared Robbie Anderson down and the DB makes a break on the ball, which causes the tip drill and they get an interception. Um, I'm not willing to place the blame on the offensive line because I felt like they've played well leading up to this week. And we knew the bears were going to be tough up front. So knowing that, you know, you got to make those adjustments. I think Teddy felt like, hey, I got to get this ball out quick because the Bears are coming. And in some cases, I don't think he needed to get it out that fast. Um, ultimately, the offense flows through him. If you sco- if those two field goals are touchdowns early on, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah, pretty much. Um, with all that being said, fellas, this is obviously a frustrating loss. And, you know, the the running theme behind, behind this loss is us shooting ourselves in the foot. 
I want to kind of highlight DJ Moore for a second. Um, DJ DJ Moore, if you look at his stats, you know, not bad at all. Um, I believe he's uh, five catches, 93 yards. So, I mean, not a bad game at all. However, however, some bad – like – Okay. Three bad, three really bad drops this game. Five catches on ten targets. To put that in perspective, Robbie Anderson had four catches on five targets. But and, and listen to to even add to your point, Kaza, what makes it even more frustrating is, and I could be wrong about this. Y'all tell me how y'all feel about this. I think DJ Moore had a really good matchup for him with Jalen yeah. Johnson. I feel like yeah. he he could have dominated that dude all game if the offense clicked like it was supposed to. And I feel like that even makes it even more frustrating, man, because it's not like he wasn't getting open. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like he wasn't getting separation. It's just you know if it if it was if it was bad throws, it was him dropping the ball. So it was just a function of a little bit of everything today. You know, last week uh, on. One of the Facebook groups we're in, someone made a comment that the offense was better without McCaffrey. I don't now last week you maybe could have said that because the offense was clicking last week. Yeah. But against a, a defense, and I'm not I'm not gonna call Chicago's defense elite. They're very solid. They're, they're stout, but uh, yeah, yeah, right. I'm not gonna call them the 85 Bears just yet. Yeah, right. But is that but that's kind of the point. The offense is not better with Christian McCaffrey without Christian McCaffrey against a stout NFL defense. When you got mm-hmm. four guys up front, you know, any team that don't have to blitz to get at the passer, we're not better in those situations. That's yeah, why we're not. Yeah. Like you said, injuries are not an excuse. The Panthers had chances to win this game. I mean, Chicago was stupid at the end, <laughs> not running the ball on third down and giving us the ball back with a timeout with a minute and almost two minutes really to win the game. And, you know, we throw an interception. You know what? But you can be stupid when you trust your defense. And I'm not saying they did that necessarily because they trusted their defense. I don't want to, I don't want to bail them out like that, but at the same time, you know, when, when you do things like that, and you and here's the thing. I here's what I was very impressed by Chicago's defense. And, and, and again, I don't want to talk too much about Chicago, but I just want to give credit where credit is due. That next drive, DJ Moore catches a 38 yard pass, and immediately after that pass, the Bears defense just steps up. They just make plays. Yeah. They made plays when it was time to make plays. Now, granted, Teddy Bridgewater bailed them out by overthrowing DJ Moore, and DJ Moore didn't catch that one as well. On those critical Three downs, they did exactly what they needed to do to win the game. I'm and I'm, I'm sorry, Rodney. Did you have something? No, I was just I was agreeing with you. Um, now let's. I want to I want to ask about our defense because I feel like they didn't do a terrible job. Jeremy Chen is maybe the best player on the team right now since McCaffrey's injured in a fantasy draft. The Panthers players, I'm taking him first. He had a great pass breakup um, early in the game, had a great interception when really if Chicago scores there, the game is really out of reach. Um, I felt like the defense did okay. And if the offense did a better job at managing the game, then our defense would be in better positions. I mean, this is maybe what the the second of the last three weeks that the defense starts the game in a – in a bad position. 
Yeah. They're already in the red zone, and, yeah. Yeah. and then they let us – they score, and then the fans are like, oh, man, the defense is terrible. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, I, I'll, I'll say this, man. And, you know, when I – in real time while I was watching the game, I was not overly impressed by the defense. But when you're watching it in real time, you know, sometimes you don't think about the fact that maybe they were on the field a little too much as well, which probably was the case as well. We've said this all season, man. This is a young defense. This is a this is a working process. Still, as much as we love Jeremy Chan and Derek Brown, it's gonna be like this, and they're gonna have games like this, man. But I will say this confidently. I, I said this at the beginning of the show, and I do mean this, man. I, I with Nick Foles in particular, I don't, I don't want to talk about any other team. But with Nick Foles in particular, he's another guy that's not going to beat you on the deep ball too much. He's a, he's a quarterback. He gets the ball out very quickly. The Bears wide receivers, for the most part, were running a lot of drag routes, a lot of a lot of five yard hitches, you know, things like that, man. And I just thought to myself, like, if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm the coordinator here, I press those receivers and I send more heat up the middle. And I feel like when we did that, and I, I believe that second quarter when Nick Foles struggled, we had success. And I don't know why we went away from it. Now I know we can't blitz every down. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I just felt like we didn't do enough of it. What do What do you guys think about that? Too many open zones. Yeah, too late in the game, Nick Foles, <clears throat> the commentators were. Oh my God! They were swooning over Nick. Oh my God! He's no, 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 no. Let, let's be clear. No, no, Kaiser. Let's be clear. Jonathan Vilma was horrible. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, listen, man. I'm fine with Vilma never calling another Panthers game ever again, yeah. man. Go uh, ahead, Kaiser. But no, yeah. Nick Foles was in a rhythm, and he was in a rhythm because we kept letting him get these little completions. He was uh, too comfortable. And then, you know, our guys are – this is one of those things. In, in college, you can get away with that because the quarterbacks don't have enough velocity to get the ball there before the defender can come over and cover the zone. And the NFL, even with Nick Foles, who, let's be clear, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's a capable NFL starter. He has – Roasted the Panthers in the past. <laughs> has seven touchdowns in one game. He's got a Super Bowl. <clears throat> He's not a bad quarterback. You're not going to just be able to sit uh, eight in coverage and then tell your linebackers, okay, then you need to slide over and cover the zone. It, it's just not. It's just not going to happen. And that's what we saw late today. Phil Snow got to get that out of his play calling bo- vocabulary. I, I agree, one hundred percent. Way to you got to find a way to get to the passer rather than. Saying okay, well, let's just drop more guys. <laughs> he sure is. Uh, he sure is. Drop so. more guys in coverage, and we don't really have the defenders to cover when we drop eight guys in coverage. And and Kaza, it is worth noting that Nick Foles did not take a sack today. We did not have a sack today, wow. and one there was one play that changed the whole momentum of the game. Man, we're I believe it was the second down. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, takes a sack and loses 14 yards. It turns into third and 24. That that was a huge play. Um, it, it shifted the, mo- the momentum of the entire game. We had good field position, knocked us back 14 yards. Joey Slide misses, what, a 55-yard field goal or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, it was just – there were it, there were so many plays that you can highlight where you can say to yourself, like, man, you know what? We that could have been the difference of the game. Do you guys have any players you felt like, you know what, if we don't do if we do this or we don't do this, 
this game is different. Are there any plays you guys can think of? Um, that play at the end of the half where uh, where uh, what's my man's name? Uh, the D, uh, the safety. Uh, I I, I lost it. Burst. Burst. Huh? Burst. Burst. No, not Burst. Uh, Trey Boston. Oh, Trey Boston. Oh, easy interception. Well, he, he drops the interception. They 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 kicked the field goal, scored three. We could have held them to no points, and that could have changed kind of the the ending of that game. Right. Uh, I I got I got to figure out why we're not going to the tight ends more. I, this is me, this is <laughs> okay. yeah. Wimmer. I mean, we were talking like Ian Thomas might be that dude. Uh, well, listen, listen, Ian Thomas had a LeBron James type flop. Uh, uh, there, there was a play where we needed we needed to convert a first down, and this, I mean, this dude folded like a cheap piece of money. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's any one. It's one of the things. What the the thing about ugly games like this is there's so many plays you could lean on that possibly could have made the difference and i think the, the best way to win an ugly game is just to minimize your mistakes and yeah. the Panthers can do that and and, 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 and and to my mind there, there, there are two more plays the play where they called uh pass interference on uh on uh was it was it uh it was pride they, they I believe it was pride. yeah and then also that play where uh nick flows completed down the field to Allen robinson and and, and the mysterious rough in the passer call, like, yeah. Um, let me let's I, I look. This this may be a matter of opinion, but I do want to just be fair, man. I thought the I thought the officiator was bad on both sides. I I yeah. really do, man. I I it, I because look, we we got a very generous pi call ourselves, man. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and I, I was just like, I, I can't even argue with that, man. So, um, you mentioned Trey Boston. Trey Boston struggled, bro. I he I, Trey Boston struggled pretty, and, and it's not you know it wasn't like like plays that are, are that were highly noticeable. He was really bad in the run. It, it, it was a couple of times he wasn't shedding blocks. Uh, just little little stuff that you expect a veteran free safety to really do for you. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's a little disappointing because he was supposed to be one of the leaders in the se- well he was supposed to be the leader in the in the secondary and when you're not doing the little things how can you expect the the, the young guys and the rookies to buy into the little things that win you football games i hope someone <laughs> of the coaches staff like yanks Trey boston make makes him watch watch some film this week and be like we can't have this going on to next week man am i the only one that noticed that him no. and him into here well, that don't even get me started. Man, on I, I, it's, it's not even worth mentioning. I, mean, I, I just don't understand how he's still in the field a majority of the time. I, I mean, missing tackles, out of position, not checking uh, blocks. I, I don't know. The personnel just isn't there yet. I mean, we went all in on the draft on defense. I think it's going to take a while before we see that come to fruition. I like, for the most part, I like the young guys that we have. Me too. On. Me too. It's but it's guys like Trey Boston that really need to step up. You don't have to be the best player to be the leader, but someone's got to be the leader. And guys like Jeremy Chen, 
who might be our best defensive player, he might not be ready to be a leader yet. Brian Burns might not be ready to be a leader. Derek Brown, those guys aren't leaders yet. They're just out there. They're, they're out there playing Figure for it out. But yeah, they're trying to still get used to the NFL. They're trying to prove themselves. You've been here. You've been here with this team before. You really it, – it's got to – we need somebody to set that example. That might be the biggest gap that Luke yeah. left when yeah. he left was that leadership role. I'm just not seeing it week to week. I saw way too many formations where guys are lined up wrong and the yeah. linebackers are arguing with each other who's supposed to be over what gap. No, that's – that's, that's, that's unacceptable, man. Yeah, that that yeah. look, look, man. I've I always say this, man. There's one thing when you get out talented in the game, but lack of preparation. There is no excuse for that type of stuff, man. Like none wants a variety. You were saying something. So let me ask you guys a question: With uh, KK being out for the year, do do you think this leads a a big leadership void on that defensive line? Absolutely, I do. Oh yeah, I I, I, I really do. But go ahead, Kaiser. No, I, I mean, it does. Uh, we don't have an anchor anymore. And that that's going to bring up some real questions about what we should even do with K1 short. I mean, he um, let, let me let me say, I think the end is 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 imminent. I, oh, yeah. I, I do, man. I, I really do, man. If just, you know, for the price tag and the injury history alone, man, I, I think the end is, is here, bro. Absolutely. If, if the Panthers waived him. I don't think anybody it, – it would be disappointing because he never really lived up to his full potential, say, for one season. But we saw last week and the week before him and Derrick Brown were starting to get, like, this kind of rapport together, clogging up the middle. We saw Brian Burns eating. I don't think it's a coincidence the Panthers didn't get any sacks today against Nick Foles yeah. uh, with Kwan Short out. And that's a void weird – we're just never – we're not going to be able to feel that this season. Um, this was a very telling game for the Panthers on both sides of the ball, um, and especially with the schedule looking like look in the next few weeks. Whew. Man, uh, I, I don't know what to think about this team. This was a game we kind of had to have because then we could afford to lose against the Saints and the Chiefs. Now we cannot afford to lose against the Saints and the Chiefs. And um, – I don't know where, where this leads us. Christian McCaffrey will be back, but at the same time, is he going to be enough to tip those scales? I think he might have made a difference today. Today, if, yeah. If the players can't execute, if the play, if guys don't know where they're supposed to be, uh, if there's no leadership, then none of that, we, we would just be wasting Christian McCaffrey at that point. Right. Now, I mean, I, I guess the good news is, man, you know, we're, we're talking about what? This is week six, right? And yeah. – Plenty of time to still fix those kind of things, man. But time, but time is still of the essence. Yeah, it's week six, but you can't have these same issues uh, ongoing for the season, man. So there's still time to fix those. I want to ask you guys one question, man. So I'm on Twitter, and I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see this clip. Bad idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I see this clip of Kyle Allen throwing an interception to James Bradbury. <laughs> so it got me to thinking, fellas. <laughs> was it a mistake to get rid of James Bradbury and maybe keep some of these other guys that we've kept? Is it a fair question? If you were going to keep anyone, James Bradbury on the want to keep the guy. Uh, we we all the the numbers didn't lie about when Josh Norman left. And after 
Julio Jones had his little party. Right, he uh, did a, a, a big season. a parade. Yeah. Then <laughs> uh, James Bradbury becomes the, the, the number one uh, DB on that side of the field, and there were no more parades. Now, Julio Jones, you're not going to stop him, but there was a big difference. James Bradbury always pulled the number one assignment week after week, and he played solid, sometimes stellar. You keep that guy. Why? Why would you? I, I don't. I don't understand. It's not like the Panthers are strapped for cash. Yeah, we paid McCaffrey a lot of he money. He wasn't a herny guy. <laughs> that that might have been it, but I just don't. I, I personally, I don't even think that was a herny decision. I think Matt Rule, when him and his guys came in, they really wanted as a clean slate as possible. They didn't want anyone from the old regime bringing the ideals from the old regime to the new regime. Christian McCaffrey is different because, you know, he's a generational talent. Um, but a guy like James Bradbury, who was born on Rivera defensive system, I don't, I just don't think there was a lot of room for him. Yeah. I can't think of any other reason why you would have just let him go. It's funny how, you know, one organization in this city gets tagged as being cheap a lot. And yet when these things happen with the football team, we don't really hear too many people saying the same thing. And, as, you know, and also being that the salary cap uh, situations are a lot more different in the NFL than they are in the NBA. Hey, 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 stop. We paid Teddy $20 million a year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Splurge. Splurge. <laughs> $20 million is like $5 million. Hey, you get full okay, right. Teddy, 20 mil. Or Bradbury fifteen mil, because that might that might have been what the oh, was. I got an answer for you: cut K one short <laughs> and pay both. <laughs> um, I look after the show. I'm going to tag the Carolina Panthers, and I'm going to tell them to watch the thirty minute mark of this show. And Rodney Richardson is is going to be the new GM for the Carolina Panthers because it, it was it's pretty much that simple, man. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, not too much more time we'll spend on the Panthers, but I do want to ask just a couple more questions, man. We're going to get into the NBA Finals reluctantly, but you know I guess we got to talk about it because because it, it did happen, man. <laughs> Moving on to next week, guys. We have the uh, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not looking at the schedule, unfortunately. But we do have the New Orleans Saints next week. Is that correct, y'all? Correct. Cool. All right. What are the predictions for that game? What do, What do you think will look like? Uh, will it be better than this week, guys? What are your thoughts on quick thoughts on next week's game? <laughs> read my head. What did you say? I can't read. Yeah, it, Bourbon Street. Yeah, they got Bourbon Street on Bourbon Street. Next week on Bourbon Street. It's I, we lose by two touchdowns. We lose by two touchdowns. Kaiser, what you got? Um, I think the score is closer than the game would indicate. Um, I don't think we're gonna have the same problems with Orleans defense that we had with uh, the Bears defense. Christian McCaffrey might be back next week, uh, but I still think that that we lose a game that we never lead in. Yeah, um, I kind I feel the same way as both of you guys because if we can't even rattle Nick Foles, and how the hell do we rattle oh, Drew Brees? Yeah. Even though we yeah. Drew quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Drew Brees is not the Drew Brees of past, but he's still Drew Brees, and 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 he, he, he's still a quarterback that knows uh, the Carolina Panthers pretty well, man. So I so pick guys, us. Yeah, so guys, I'm gonna rattle off the next four games: 
Give me your record. New Orleans, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. We get it, one, one and three. I'm gonna I go one and three. I go. I go one. I go one and three. We get it, and we honestly we might have a chance against Tampa. I don't think we looked all that bad against Tampa last time we played. Same. Same. I think we we could we could pull one out. I don't think we beat the Saints. We get rolled by Kansas City. We are we gonna get Kansas City. To, to me, to me, their, their their defense is a little off this year. I don't, don't get, I, I don't think we get rolled. I think it's a shootout and they win. I don't think Kansas City looks as good as they did last year, but um, Patrick Mahomes is gonna give our defense. It's different. Super fits just super fits. All right, I'm 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 gonna sum up how I feel about the Kansas City game. So you know how you know how the Hornets, you know how the Hornets have done against LeBron James. <laughs> Never won. That that's the Panthers against Patrick Mahomes. So yeah, I'm. <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about that game. Speaking of LeBron James, the Mecklenburg County uh, uh, fan fan base here is very happy because the Los Angeles Lakers have taken home their uh, NBA championship as of last week. They defeated the Miami Heat four games to two. Uh, LeBron James was named the MVP of the finals. The first question I want to ask you guys, is this good or bad for the NBA? Meaning the Lakers winning an NBA title seemingly because they can get whoever they feel like getting. Is that good or bad for the league, guys? I mean, the NBA, I love the NBA, but there's more Lakers fans than anything, and they control ratings, man. For the NBA, this is good. This is a good thing for the NBA. You got you got LeBron sexuals who, who, who are going to tune in. <laughs> You got Laker fans from 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 all the way from LA to Miami to New York to Alabama to, to Alabama, who are also Cowboys, Yankees, and uh and 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 and, 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 and whoever else Alabama Crimson Tide fans. Like it's it's, it's to, to for the NBA. This is a great thing. The NBA always wants the big markets to win. It, it, even if you look at the merchandise sales after the game, Lakers gear was sold out. It's, it's, it's a good thing for the NBA. I mean, for for me as a smaller market NBA fan, the Lakers can fail upward. We have to do everything right, and that's still not a guarantee of us winning. I mean, look, look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee has a generational talent, a back-to-back MVP in Giannis, and they didn't even get out the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> and, like, and in a year and a half. They're probably going to lose Giannis. Thank you. They're probably going to lose them to a Miami or, or, LA, or Toronto or, or Golden State. So it's hey, hey, it's, that's the NBA for you, man. Hey, before I move on to Kaiser, I want to ask you a question r- real quick, Rodney. And I don't know why Prahlad is coming here talking about Rise Up today because congratulations on your first win, Falcons fan. Moving on. Um, Rodney, I want to ask you a real quick question. Uh, if Giannis moves on, which we all expect him to, where do you want him as a general NBA fan? I guess where do you want him to go? Toronto. All right, cool. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that real quick. Okay. Kaza, share your thoughts on the topic, man. Um, this is good for the NBA in the majority of fans because the majority of fans are in large market teams. 
this is bad for the rest of us. If you are a fan of the Hornets or the, the Hawks Jazz, or the Trailblazers, or any of those teams, this, this is absolutely terrible because now the NBA goes deeper into their lack of parity. And we saw with the bubble what parity can do for the league. Miami had no business being in the finals, and I'm convinced that under a normal playoffs, they wouldn't have beat Boston. There's no way they go to the Garden four times and in, in win. I just don't think it happens. On a neutral court, hmm, yeah, we saw it happen. So, so now the fans have a little bit of taste of parity, and that's going to be gone next season, assuming we go back to some similar to normal NBA. Because now what's going to happen is that all of the major players are going to start making chess moves to compete against Los Angeles. We've already seen the reports that CP3 – it's probably going to Los Angeles. Although, just shoot me now, please. Well, I actually think that's a mistake on LA's part, but that's a different conversation. Let them make that mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a bad thing for them. But I, you know, CP3 and LeBron are buddies, and hey, man, come on, get this championship. And you know, next year you're going to have, you know, them two light skinned dudes from the Bay are going to be bad. <laughs> it's like everyone forgot that Golden State was like the best team in the league the entire decade because LA won a ch- one championship <laughs> with two of the five best players in the league. Hey, man, hey, 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 the Warriors fans went back to their Lakers. Yeah, yeah, were, yeah. They, yeah. The Warriors fans when Steph Curry come out of rehab. So, I, you know, all, all the major players are, are shuffling mm. the major talent around, and it kind of leaves teams like us like – Oh yeah! By the way, the horns. Oh, uh, who y'all want? Hassan Whiteside? No, I want Giannis too. I want Derrick Jones. What's Derrick? What are we gonna do with Derrick Jones? You already gotta do that. So, um, yeah, winning the championship was bad for the NBA in that regard. But money wise, yeah, they're they're rolling in it. Seven billion. Views on social media and streaming platforms is yeah. So so let me ask you guys a quick question. So I've seen this on social media a lot. So people saying it's unfair to say that LeBron's final record hurts his uh his, his legacy, opposed to Jimmy Butler losing in the finals helping his legacy. Can you please explain it for the retards? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, the mentally challenged. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me, Jimmy Butler losing to LeBron. Really? This is this is is this where the LeBron James fans are at? We are we are really criticizing Jimmy Butler in the 15 Miami Heat. Really? I, I have no words, man. I I, I mean. I, that's got to be cognitive dissonance. <laughs> believe that LeBron James, who, wow, with the exception of I'm speechless seven, and I'm gonna say this real quick about that 2007 Cavs team. Everyone's like, man, that team was bad. They had two All Stars on that team. Perennial All Stars, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> but let's, forget, let's, let's take that out of the equation. LeBron fans say that that one don't count. But every other time LeBron James has been to the finals, he's been there with two probably future Hall of Famers. And this year, he had the best teammate he's ever had. His team, Anthony Davis was so good this season 
that there was debate about whether or not he was the best Laker. You can't say that about any other team LeBron has been on, even when he played with Dwayne Wade. So Jimmy Butler takes them to six games with uh, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and I, you know, and Kelly Olynyk. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't and Derrick Jones. Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't name a single Hall of Famer. Jimmy. I didn't even name an All Star. Well, Bam, Bam, well, Bam, Bam was All Star. Didn't make an All Star game. Not this year. So, but, 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 but here's the kicker: Bam and Goran were injured. They missed games. Yeah, I, I just that's not even a a good comparison. I here's the thing: I don't actually like to hold LeBron James. Uh, finals record against him going to 10 NBA finals is an incredible feat winning four of them is an incredible feat and if you want to nitpick about whether 6-0 is better than 4-10 it's kind of like that that old Joe Montana argument you know Joe Montana never lost the Super Bowl he won four or you know Tom Brady won six who who was better I'll just say though I think the reason LeBron gets so much uh flack about what he does in the finals is because, one, that is the pinnacle of the sport. So, in my opinion, at his level, what you do <clears throat> matters more than anything else you do in your career. And LeBron James has come up small in big moments in the finals. That's that's a fact. Hey, listen, listen. Be, be, before you even go on, Kaza, that is a hardcore fact. That is not a matter of opinion. That is not yeah, – we're, we're not LeBron James haters by any means. It's none of that. It is a hardcore fact. And I, I hate to delve into this LeBron versus MJ thing because it is over. It, I, it's yeah, just it, way overboard yeah. now. It, it, it really is, man. I'll, I'll speak my piece on one thing. I, look, the fact that you that he made a choice, this is not some organic thing that a franchise built. But LeBron James made a choice to go play with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen and that deep Miami Heat team. They lost to Dirk Nowitzki and J.J. Barea of the Dallas Mavericks, and it cannot be erased. It's just a fact, guys. We're not making this up. Yeah. I, I, this is not hate. It, they didn't it, lose. They lost. They lost. Because LeBron James didn't play well. That's he why came, he came up small. He came up small when they needed eight points. Eight points. You supposedly the goat, and you scored eight points in the NBA game. That's Guys, with all that being said, this is a great uh, segue into the question I was going to have. Are we supposed to, and look, this is, <laughs> I know how this is going to come across. I, I know how it is. Trust me. But I have to ask this question. Are we supposed to be impressed by this championship by the Lakers? Does this impress you? Are you like, oh, my God, that was awesome. I mean, is there any part of y'all that's, that's overly impressed by this? I mean – in all honesty, I'm not like a big LeBron fan, but to me, any championship is impressive. Uh, the way they kind of just ran through the West was impressive, but I mean, it's I mean, it's 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 no asterisk by it. I, I I can't be biased. You and your team came together and won a championship. Kudos to you! Congratulations! Do it again next year. That's how I feel. Kaiser, Kaiser not, what you got? I'm not that impressed because. Although I don't think there should be an asterisk beside it, I and mean, the NBA will count as a championship, but this is not the same as previous championships. It is not. For one, the players had a huge break in between the regular season 
and uh, the playoffs. I know that they played some bubble games before the playoffs that didn't count, kind of counted. Who knows? But the thing is, is part of part of the <laughs> through the playoffs of the championship is you are tired from the regular season and now you have to go on this grueling playoff grind. The players did not have to. this. That's why road management, LeBron takes four games off during the regular season so he can go on the playoff LeBron mode. They got to take a three-month break. One. Two, there's no home court advantage. We've already talked about that. There's minimal fans. There's no home court advantage. You don't have to travel cross-country back and forth. I don't want to hear anyone t- say – the bubble was more difficult to no, I, I, no, I don't want to hear that. These guys are millionaires. They get to stay in a five star luxury Disney hotel for four months and play basketball every night. And I'm, that's supposed to be difficult. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, yeah, LeBron won in the West. We got, we're not gonna pretend like like he won last season. What happened last season? He ain't win nothing in the West last season. Hey man, look, you about to start some shit up. I'm just uh, playing. In. Hey, look, they about to come at you with pitchforks, boy. You better, hey, this is, better this watch is, yourself. I ain't saying anything that's not true. Plus, the light skinned assassins was both out last. They, you know what I'm saying? If you don't have to go through Golden State in the West, then you know. All right. So I want to share my piece on this, man. And here's my here's my answer. I am impressed and not impressed at the same time. Allow me to explain. Am I impressed in, 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 the, in the way that, you know, a, as far as any NBA player, team, organization, the fact that, you know, these players put their bodies through hell, you know, every, every player, every team has to go through the rigors of the NBA, even if the bubble was less rigorous than the normal you know, uh, NBA season, it's still a rigor. So I will give LeBron James specifically credit for putting his 35-year-old self through these rigors once again to, you know, ultimately accomplish the ultimate goal. However, here is the reason I am not impressed. And this is Jamal, the guy that grew up on 90s basketball that's going to sound like an old grumpy man, and y'all know I don't care because I will I will, I will, will die on this sport. Here's why I'm not impressed. I Look, as a whole, I'll, I'll even take LeBron James and the Lakers out of the equation for a second just to show y'all that show LeBron – LeBron sexuals that it's not hate coming out. <clears throat> I just missed the days where the NBA organizations kind of grew their teams a lot more organically. Yes, free agency has always existed. And yes, there have been some star players that have left their organizations for better pastures. But it's just not like we see it today, man. And more, and I think more specifically, I don't think you know, the, all these NBA players are friends and they want to team up with each other. And it's not I, I just don't see that 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 competitive hatred for the next guy. It's like, all right, I want to group up with this group of players so we can beat the next group of players. It, it, am I making sense when I say that? And no. I just I, no. I'm re- I, no. let me and, and let me say this, man. I am really turned off and I don't, I don't care how it sounds. I'm really turned off that there are three Rich Paul clients on the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't care how that sounds. Six. I'm sorry. Six. There are six Rich Paul clients on the Los Angeles Lakers, man. I just think that sets a very bad precedent for the future of the NBA. Sorry. Whoever feels like. It's not spread out like it was. Back and that's one of the reasons why I, I'm not necessarily saying 90s basketball was better. That's a, a whole different conversation. But 
every team had almost every team had like an all star yeah. or a star player. There are teams now like the Hornets who don't have a sing. We don't have a single star player because the teams are so top heavy in talent now. Uh, unlike the '90s, where you, you know there, there's a, a, a graphic going around where it shows. Um, you know, Hall of Famers and Defensive Players of the Year and MVPs that Jordan played against in the finals, and then the list LeBron played against in the, in his ten finals. And of course, LeBron's list is, is is huge compared to Jordan's list. But what people fail to realize is that Jordan didn't play with any other Hall of Famers except for Scottie Pippen, who was the only one that he played with his entire career, the only All Star he played with his entire career. And other teams were like that. You look at the Utah Jazz; they had. Carl Malone and John Stockton held the Hornets. We had Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning. Every team has like a big two, whereas now every team's got a big three or big four or all the top heavy teams. And then the small market teams, we're left with nothing. Uh, and it, it makes the league almost, I'm not going to say unwatchable, but it's tough if you're like a Hornets fan. It, it, it is. Man. And, and, and look, man, just to take the Hornets out of the equation, man, and I said this last week, man, and, and, you know, Rodney, you alluded to the same thing. Even the teams who do everything right, I, they have to be even more frustrated than somebody like a Hornets organization. Like, look at the Portland Trailblazers, man. Or, or the team that does everything, they draft the right way. You know, they, they're well coached. They're in the hunt, at least for the playoffs every year, man. And teams like that can't get over the hump because of this stuff, man. And, and to me, that's the most frustrating part. The Utah Jazz is another really good organization, small market Nobody necessarily wants to go live or play in Utah, but they find a way to be successful every year. And it just, again, like the whole, you know, the, the agents kind of colluding to bring all their guys on one, on, on one team. I'm sorry, man. It sets a bad precedent for the future of the NBA. And I'm, I don't care how people feel about it. I just, I, that's the way I feel, man. But we're going to transition and switch gears to another topic. Mr. Ice Cube, Mr. NWA, Mr. F the Police, Mr. Gangster Gangster. He had a conversation, y'all. He had a conversation with the president. And his conversation uh, centered around the platinum black plan. And he has <laughs> he, 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 he has faced uh, some, some heat for that. Um, he has been introduced to cancer culture, for lack of a better term. Guys, how do you feel about Mr. Ice Cube having a conversation with the president. Are we mad at him? And should we be mad at him? What do you think? So, all right, let me you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I am all for hip hop artists, especially, um, even though I hate politics or, or I hate politicians, <laughs> um, uh, engaging in the political arena with no matter who's in power, trying to make things better for everyone, but particularly hip-hop culture, black people, right? So I don't have a problem with Ice Cube doing that. However, <laughs> the last thing I feel like I, as a black man, need is an old white man coming up with a plan for me. That's the most, first of all, that's the most ridiculous thing uh, ever. Uh, secondly, we forget Ice Cube is an actor. He's not even a gangster. He's an actor. If you remember, uh, uh, look, let's let's be specific. A very rich actor who's been an actor for a long time. Yes, he was not a gang. He was not a dope dealer. He wasn't shooting people or all that stuff. He rapped about. He was a great actor, and people from 
his past would tell you that Ice Cube went to a damn private school, a private school in LA, you know. So he, he, but he's very, very good at that and very successful. So when an actor does things that an actor does, I'm not gonna get mad at it. I'm just gonna be like, you know, he, he's an actor. He's pretending. He, <laughs> if he now, if Ice Cube really thinks he can make things better by engaging with the president, no matter who that is, then more power to him. I will say this though. Obama was president for eight years. How many conversations did Ice Cube say he was going to have with Obama's cabinet about a plan for black people? No, 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 Kaza. No, no, no. Let's be fair. When did anybody say that that they're going to have a conversation with President Obama for eight years? Let's be fair about that. That's a great point. When we had a black president, no black people was not lining up to talk to this dude. Now we got... Not just not just a white president again, but Donald Trump, who has uh, an anecdotal history of everybody want to want to line up and be friends with the guy and present plans to black people. That's just so it's that's just so odd. I don't I don't understand that. Maybe someone and, and, and Rodney, before I let you go, just one one thing real quickly, man. Um, you know, it, it's funny that there's a large contingent who feels like. President Obama didn't do anything for black people, the people who don't really understand civics and how the government works. But my question remains the same. Black president, he should have done only things for black people. I'm sorry, does he have a revolutionary wand that he was supposed to, you know what, let's move on, man. Rodney, um, what you got, bro? Uh, In my opinion, normally on the face of it, there's nothing wrong having a discussion with the president. But you got to know who you're talking to. <laughs> oh, boy. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> if I can recall back to 2017, Steve Harvey, Jim Brown, all those guys talked to the president, and they were essentially used for a photo op. And see, I have black friends, and so their reputation kind of took a hit after that. And to me, what really came out of those conversations? Nothing. Um, to be honest with you, man, I I hate to say this. I don't see Biden or Kamala really doing anything either. Uh, this has to be kind of a grassroots thing that, that, that we got to kind of build from the ground up. If, if you want a movement, you need to build it from the ground up. And, and, and honestly, man, I... I I don't want to see hip hop, hip hop actors and everything as the leaders in our community because they, thank you to me to me they're they're, they're or or people who own sports franchises. But go ahead. I mean, you look at it; they 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 they're not entrenched in the everyday workings of it. They they don't know what's going on 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 the surface level. Right, I hate right. I hate being told things secondhandly. I hate to cut you off, man, but I'm cutting you off because I feel like you just made a very excellent point, man. I just wish people would kind of elevate, you know, politicians who I feel like have our best interests in in hand. And when I say are, I mean, like people in general, man, like people who are sensible enough to know that, you know, um, equality matters. You know, the the people matter. Uh, People like AOC, uh, people, people of that of that uh, nature, man. And I, I, I just, I, again, I, I'm, I'm cutting you off because I just feel like it's an excellent point, man. And I like who said that 
and I'm not, <clears throat> I don't want to degrade hip hop in any way. I, I, I don't want to come across I am. But why is it that rappers are always the first people we look at, black people? Why is it that they're always the ones we look at to say, hey, man, speak up for us? Now, granted, hip hop is a powerful tool. Hip hop has come a long way, a long way since the beginning. But why them in particular? I mean, uh, look, look. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. So hip hop in the beginning was about the struggle and basically what was going on in the street. And the the, the, the hip hop artists back in the day weren't as corporate or as rich and weren't as disconnected as they are now. And so instead of, of, of our mindsets changing with the times, we're like, oh man, yeah, look, you're still in the streets. You know what's going on. They really don't. I mean, they uh, uh, a lot of them. Uh, I, I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them are useful idiots. I mean, they're corporate corporate people that can be bought, and their opinions can be swayed easily. And it's a shame that they had this type of influence. But I mean, this is where we are. Do y'all Kaiser, think, what you got? Y'all think Public Enemy would have? When talk to the damn president? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but but what's ironic about that, Kaiser, is Ice Cube comes from the same generation. Yeah, he's he's like weird because people forget, and I know a lot of young people you don't really know they know Ice Cube from movies and stuff, but they forget that at one point Ice Cube's career, he was like a Muslim that wanted to kill all the white people. I don't, <laughs> I, look, that's strong, but it's the truth. Yeah, he had whole albums about it, and now he like wants to come to the table and conversate with him about about a plan for us. It, it, that's why I don't. I, I didn't put when I heard about this. I didn't put too much stock into it. I'm like, okay. and, and and Ronnie brought up a great point about Jim Brown and Steve Harvey and those guys, whatever came out of it. How many conversations do we have to have with the president and black people to get anything? Nothing. I mean, nothing's getting done. So um, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result, that's... Yep. And, and, and the band keeps playing on and on and on. So anyway, we're going to transition and unfortunately into some sad news, man. Um <clears throat> You know, for, for anybody who is a fan of the uh, Charlotte Hornets or the Carolina Panthers, if you are a fan that attends a lot of games, there is a really high and good chance that you ran into Mr. John Red Fox Jackson at one of those games. He is a super fan that has never missed a game. Um, and unfortunately, he passed away over the weekend. Um, I personally have, you know, I've shaken his hand a couple of times, man. We, you know, we've just kind of spoken in passing. But he was a man that was just always smiling, man. His spirit was like just this ball of energy, man. You would catch him on the big screen, man. He'd be doing his dances at the Hornets games, man. The crowd would just get so hyped, man. I mean, he he he, he was a special dude, man. And um, unfortunately, like I said, he passed away this weekend. Uh, fellas, share any memories or any thoughts you have of Mr. John Red Fox Jackson. Um, to me, he was he- – he was kind of a of, of a bridge between the old the, the old way Charlotte was, as far as fandom and the, the new in the new way now, and, and it's, it's it's just kind of like a a reflection of the way we used to be, and, and just just kind of the market of Charlotte. Like yeah. Charlotte is, is is more of a media a medium market now, but 
we still have that hometown small right. market feel where uh, fans like Mr. Uh, Red Fox can 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 get in touch with and take pictures with Dale Curry and and uh, and and and, and Kimba Walker and and, and 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 everybody like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's. I don't know where the kind of the the from from here on out where the fan base is going, but it's it's really sad to 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 see the old the old guard of the fan base kind of kind of transition here, and and it's yeah. just like I don't know, man. It's 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 like Charlotte is kind of losing that feel of like a down home, like hey, we're we're lucky to have this franchise type city mm-hmm. to me. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Mr. Jackson, man, Johnson. Kaz, what you got? Yeah. I think it's great that um, Charlotte, it's crazy to think that our teams have been around long enough to where we can have fans like yeah. like um, that have been to every game and uh, have been around for decades. Uh, it's unfortunate that we've never been able to deliver a championship to those people. You know, uh, we had a uh, great good die last year, you know, uh, the cat man for the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really wish we could have brought those guys the ultimate happiness, but they had a lot of good years cheering for our team. So hopefully maybe some new fans will pick up those mantles and continue on with them into the future. Yeah. Um, Rodney, you stole a lot of my thunder, man. I think, uh, you know, Mr. Jackson is like a symbol of Charlotte. I, I, I mean, he, you know, when you think of the old guard in Charlotte, man, you think about the hive on Tyvola uh, Road, man, you think about, you know, uh, you know, some of Charlotte's brands are like Bojangles and Krispy Kreme. You, that things Eric, you think about, we think about Eric Charlotte, Eric. right? You know what I mean? Er, Erickson Stadium. You know, that's like the old Charlotte man. And to your point, Rodney, like he represents that. He represents that down home feeling that Charlotte used to he used to have, man. And I feel like, like unfortunately, like his passing is just a symbol of what we're seeing with the new guard in Charlotte, man. And, and I, you know, I'm still in a lot of your thunder, but I feel the same way. It's just like, you know, now, you know, back then you had fans who used to come to games with jerseys on. Now you got fans who come to games with shirts and ties on and they sitting in the box that their company got, you know, not really, you know, just there as, as more of a status symbol, more than being into the teams that we have here, man. And, he, you know, that's what he represented. He represented the, the, the hard working, Real fan, that's diehard Charlotte all day, all night, man. And, and I, you know, we're, we're going to miss him, man, and we're definitely going to miss his energy. Um, with that being said, fellas, any shout-outs or shout-ats this week? Um, I'll go first. Shout-out to the early voters. Uh, we have 33 polling stations open in Mecklenburg County. Uh, if you're in the surrounding counties, uh, check out your actual county listings. South Carolina has been voting, early voting for a couple weeks now. Just go ahead and get it done, man. We're, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Social distance. Get it done. Yeah, and stop texting me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And on that point, shout at at the NFL. Everybody got COVID. Everybody got it. You don't got COVID. Uh, I mean, really, man. Just, hey. <laughs> uh, an NFL exec. Um, said something to the effect that they didn't think a, uh, a, a NBA-like bubble would would help prevent the spread of COVID. Um, whatever you think about the bubble from the standpoint of, of not spreading COVID, it was very successful. No yep. positive cases in the four months that it had. I'm not saying the NFL has to go through the bubble, but they got to do something. They have to do something. 
uh, uptick in cases nationwide. This is just ridiculous. We're never going to get back to the normal if if billion dollar organizations like the NFL can't get it right. Um, no shout outs for me this weekend. I do have a shout at a uh, shout at to Old Mecklenburg Brewery, man. Um, the news is that there have been that there has been a cluster of uh, of COVID cases that has formed, uh, you know, at Old Mecklenburg Brewery. And I guess one of the owners, you know, wrote this very lengthy letter about how everything went down there. And it came across as just not taking any accountability whatsoever. And, and, and on top of that, uh, no real empathy for the people who actually, you know, have to deal with having COVID at this point, man. We have to, when I say we, society has to be way more responsible than that. Y'all, COVID ain't going away just because we're tired of COVID. Anybody watching this live thing right now, you see three people in three different places. We are not in our studio because we're still very concerned about COVID. And I feel like society is like, you know what? We're tired of it, so we're just going to live our lives and we want freedom and blah, blah, blah. Guys, no, it's not going away because we're tired of it. Please take precaution. Please take care of yourselves and please be considerate of others. With that being said, thank you for watching Under Construction. It was fun as always, fellas. Uh, hopefully next week we will all be wrong, which I doubt, but hopefully that's the case. <laughs> Guys, we will see you next week, man. Peace out, y'all. I need a drink. I, hey, man, Jim Beam over here if you want to come through, man. Got you, bro. That's a crap. <laughs>